who executes the plan, right? And certainly in that frame of reference, uh, you know, throughout my career, especially there at the utility, I've always been very focused on the people who do the work, right? Uh, the water heroes, if you would, uh, if you would phrase it and, and coin it that way. And in my experience, what I've found is that uh, there are usually two unique things that uh, are missing uh, from the perspective. It's the value of the context that they bring and then the recognition of the importance of their work. Right. And these are very dedicated people in terms of, you know, operators and technicians in terms of what they do. Right. Rain or shine 24 seven, getting the job done. This came in acute understanding for me, certainly uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. Uh, I was asked to co-lead what was or task force COVID task force, one of the main things on that was really how do we protect these workers who they don't have the option to be at home, right? Uh, they don't have the option to remote work. Uh, they have to put themselves in harm's way to keep the operation going to then support the rest of us uh, to continue to work to support them. Welcome to What Are We Talking About? a podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. All right. So listeners, our esteemed listeners, excited to have you back this week with a new show. We've got Hugh Sinclair. He is the VP and national practice leader for asset management in North America for Arcadis. And it's a fairly recent role for him, a recent-ish role. He spent a bunch of time on the utility side, and he's got some really cool stories to tell about how we talk about water. So very excited to have you, Hugh, and thanks for joining the show. Very excited to be here. Glad we can share some experiences. Yeah, Hugh, and I got to know you through Adam, but I also read some of the blogs that you've posted. And uh, I want to start, first of all, about the recognition you're giving to uh, the everyday uh, water workers, the efforts to, uh, that they're uh, uh, putting out there for, on behalf of all of us. Yeah, definitely. You know, so the as Adam said, the my stint here at Arcadis uh, is fairly recent. I spent over a decade uh, with WSSE Water. Um, that's one of the top 10 utilities in the U.S. that serves suburban Maryland. And I was in leadership roles there for quite a long time. My uh, last role there was the director of asset management. And in that role, really, uh, you know, my job and, you know, I'm still in asset management now is really to support the organization is in its strategic direction. Now, one of the missing elements that's always there in planning, especially strategic planning, is who executes the plan, right? And certainly in that frame of reference, uh, you know, throughout my career, especially there at the utility, I've always been very focused on the people who do the work, right? Uh, the water heroes, if you would, uh, if you would phrase it and, and coin it that way. And in my experience, what I've found is that uh, there are usually two unique things that uh, are missing uh, from the perspective. It's 
the value of the context that they bring and then the recognition of the importance of their work. Right. And these are very dedicated people in terms of, you know, operators and technicians in terms of what they do. Right. Rain or shine 24 seven, getting the job done. This came in acute understanding for me, certainly uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. Uh, I was asked to co-lead what was or task force COVID task force. One of the main things on that was really how do we protect these workers who they don't have the option to be at home? Right. Uh, they don't have the option to remote work. Uh, they have to put themselves in harm's way to keep the operation going to then support the rest of us uh, to continue to work to support them. So one of the things that was uh, interesting in, in going through that process was finding really ways to engage, not only to keep them connected, but then for others to recognize the level of risk and burden that they were taking. In that, uh, you know, thankfully with the support of the executive leadership at the time and really just the fact that, I, you know, through my experience, I've found that creating, understanding someone's story is the most effective vehicle to create empathy and context around a collaborative partnership. Uh, we created the H2O Heroes and the Stronger Together campaign uh, within WSSC at the time. And that was really focused on elevating the stories of uh the unheard during this time where so much was actually happening. And part of that too was then also intentionally highlighting the value of the work that, you know, utility workers were really adding to the COVID-19 response. One thing that uh, we quickly tried to coin and uh, push forward was that water was the first PPE. Right. Before anything else, they told you to wash your hands. You can't wash your hands if you don't have water. Right. And then also just the fact of then being intentional in the messaging. Um, went to my CEO at the time and I said to her, I said, uh, you know, Carla Reed, I said to her, Carla, we really need to elevate the recognition in our community of the work that's being done. At the time, everyone can remember you passed hospitals, you were seeing, you know, thank you for your service, you know, COVID heroes, all of that stuff happening. I remember, you know, one of the technicians telling me that, well, <laughs> where's our recognition, right? So we intentionally got, went about creating these H2O hero banners that we put up at all of our remote field locations at the time to really bring to the public's attention that a part of the, you know, important cog in the wheel where these people who are usually unseen, unheard, you only know about them when something goes wrong kind of a thing. And it really created a internal and external cohesive messaging standpoint to say that, look, not only are we all in it together, but we have some people who are very, very important to keeping it together, right? Um, so the, I have a soft spot for field operations, um, you know, the, and certainly that was certainly a pleasure for me to be able to elevate their voice. I know part of that campaign too here you mentioned was creating a series of videos that you sent to internal stakeholders, yeah. the internal company. So, you know, for someone listening to this, that's hearing you and saying, man, I agree. I would love to do something like this. Can you talk a bit about how you, from what I, what I believe was a pretty low budget way yeah. of getting the message of these individuals out to the organization? Yes, yeah, sir. You know, the, the good thing about 
the transitions that have happened during the pandemic is that it's allowed the acceptance of a lot of what are digital low cost tools to be leveraged. Right. So one of the things that we did was really a, a testimonial series, right. Uh, at the time. And I think that that was critical in terms of elevating the stories. Right. And the an important element within that was allowing the people to experientially tell where they are and how they were experiencing it. And part of that was really twofold, to be quite honest, because half of it was really to allow others to understand how their their peers were experiencing uh, the pandemic, but then also to highlight for them the importance of what they were doing in the collective response of everybody else. Uh, and certainly was well-received. Building on that was also in the... Uh, all hands virtual meetings that were being done where we gave them the chance to really come in uh, in specific points to really share their experience or really, you know, uh, to allow that platform to be leveraged in a way that created more cohesion. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, we both had this conversation before it is important that water has a story, right? Uh, water has a message and we utilize that to really make ourselves a part of the ecosystem. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals. Showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders, Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. Yeah, and one of the things that I really liked you about the ecosystem was that it wasn't just the operators and the people repairing the uh, service lines. It was the billing manager. It was the meter reader. It was everybody. And by including them, you really built the morale around that whole utility ecosystem. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I think really, you know, Jim, a lot of that is honed through the – my experience in utilities, having the role of being the the leading asset management, having to convince people to do things differently, right? Uh, and inherently, the first element of that is how do you not only recognize someone's voice, but then create an uh, an engagement that's constructive on both ends, right? And an important element of that, and you look within the strategic planning, uh, you know, that we do, and certainly a lot of what I bring here to the table uh, with Arcadis is a fact of understanding the elements, the each piece of the elements and the ecosystem functioning together. In many cases, what's seen are usually the familiar faces of how people identify what is a utility worker, right? Uh, that's either the executive, or that's the technician on the front line. But there is a much broader and deeper support structure that's there from the general counsel's office to communications to, you know, procurement to, you know, finance and billing to all of these IT, all these other elements are there, all co-dependent on each other, right, to really make it happen. But probably the most important part of effective communication is having a singular mission, right? What is the goal that we're all moving towards? Because with that many pieces, it's quite easily to be 
to find yourself very siloed in terms of your perspective of the world. Uh, but it's all in terms of a singular goal, right? And establishing that singular goal is certainly very much so important. And that's certainly why having a clear, concise understanding as to what is the role and existence of that utility is paramount, right? Part of that as well was to reshape the understanding of what is the utility. It's not a productized driven, just provide water. It is a key element or, or uh, you know, as one of my colleagues, uh, Karen Riley, who was at WSCC with me and is now with Arcadia, she said that it's, it's really an anchor institution, right? So when you look on the fact that a utility not only provides this public health need, but is also a, a job provider, it is also an economic engine, it is all these things that, that, that provide positive impact to the community, then you realize then that you broaden the lens of where the participatory uh, you know, elements are there and everybody sees their role within that. But that takes continuous engagement. But the first element of that is having a clear vision and communicate effectively what that vision is. Hugh, do you have any any recommendations or advice for someone who is in the utility, who yeah. knows there's a story there to be told, but are having a tough time either thinking through how to tell the story or maybe getting enough attention from leadership to help them mm -hmm. tell that story? What would you what would you offer to those individuals? So. It's a good thing that you asked that question because I went through this very exercise when uh, I was running what was called the New Normal Task Force. And that task force was about 40 people with from cross-sectional across the utility at the time, really to try to find ways that we can utilize the the never let a good crisis go to waste uh, in, a, in kind of a circumstance. And one of the main elements that I tried to let everybody understand, the common denominator for everyone who works at a utility is that you're all customers, right? Whether you are a customer of that utility, uh, you're a customer of another utility, right? And I think creating that commonality in terms of the baseline perspective of the audience that we're trying to reach, right? Uh, do not leave that at home, right? And certainly within that, I think it is the the process of going through convincing everyone internally about why it is important to not only storytell, but also the value of communication has to go with initially identifying quick wins, right? You're not going to slay the dragon first. Uh, for many, it is because naturally our industry is very conservative, right? Uh, we have to change that orientation by proving the use case, right? Uh, so I would say first, try to utilize what are low-hanging fruit elements that you can go in and show the effective nature of putting the communication element initially and integrally into the process, right? Once you do that, then you can go with a valid statement of this is why more saturation is needed, right? And that allows the organization to organically grow because the, the, there's one proverb, an African proverb that I really like, and I try to use it, especially in circumstances like these. It says that if you wanna go fast, go alone, but if you wanna go far, go together, right? And that's really the whole impetus of everything that you try to do with this whole thing is that you're trying to bring everyone together, right? And certainly what you see a lot, a lot of times is that you can go very quickly with certain things, right? But the disruptive nature of the sustainability of it, it does not bring that togetherness. So you want to create the, it's, it's going to be a process, uh, you know, and bringing everybody along is hard. 
but yeah, going so, together is the best way. Yeah. So, so some tips on that, you, you know, we, we joked about it, about engineers not being the best storytellers. We like know. to, you know, <laughs> we put that out there. And so what, what tips would you give to engineers to kind of get that camaraderie to, to build that consensus mm-hmm. that, Hey, look, let's all tell our story together. Any, any, any tips on, on ways to do that? Yeah, I think the first element of that is the engineer need to remember that the work that they do is about people, right? Um, you need to move from that inanimate understanding of the value of your work. And when you start to change that frame of reference, then you'll start to understand how you can weave together the important narratives that allow you to extend what your work is to the greater need or the greater good of what you're trying to do. And, and you need to start thinking about how you communicate in the lowest common denominator. I think that's certainly the struggle for the engineer. Technical is great, but technical is not easily understood, right? Try to always think about if you're going to explain this to the people who have no interest, will they get what you're advocating for? And I think that's really the best takeaway that I could give. And then also just be consistent with it, right? Uh, Because if you're going to just go out there and try it the first time and then back off, it's not going to work. All right, Hugh, we're coming up on the end, believe it or not. Uh, time flies when we're having fun. So we yeah. will leave you with one final question, which is the same question we ask all of our guests. And it's something we call our infamous airplane banner question. Sure. So Jim and I have an airplane. It's a small one, but enough to fit the three of us. And we've got a banner that we're going to fly behind it. And you basically get a sentence worth of words or like a tweet's worth of words to fly it in front of the home of every water professional around the world. Mm-hmm. What do you want that banner to say? Water is about service. It's not a product. That's a great one. That's a great one, Hugh. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I know that our uh, audience is going to get a lot of value out of this, and we really appreciate uh, you being our guest. I certainly appreciate the time being here, and uh, it's been a valuable experience. And thank you guys for the work that you're doing in terms of elevating the need to communicate in water. <laughs>